You want your business to succeed. Technology can get you there. Let's throw open the IT closet door and explore how technology is impacting your goals. Join us on Business Plus Tech Equals Success with your host, CEO of Sabino Comtech and industry unicorn, Nancy Sabino. Hello there, and thank you for joining me and my guest for another episode of Business Plus Tech Equals Success. I am so happy that you joined us today and that you are uh, wanting to learn a little bit more about what we've got going on. Over the last few episodes, we've been talking about the foundation of a business, um, what you need in order to succeed that includes and involves tech, um, and we've discussed the infrastructure or the pillars as well as the uh, actual setting of the foundation and what you should have in place. So today we're going to dive a little bit deeper into the systems and processes and how technology can actually help your business succeed in that fashion. So with me today is a good friend, Paul. And if you will introduce yourself, Paul, that would be great. Um, sure. My name is Paul Cannon. I'm an attorney with Simmons and Fletcher. Uh, been with the firm since I started as a law clerk in 1994 and eventually got my law license in 95 and have just kind of worked my way up ever since uh, that time. So I'm still here. That's awesome. I, uh, the time or what I have known of Simmons and Fletcher, um, I know that it seems like you guys are very involved when it comes to taking your uh, employees and um, nurturing those relationships and then making sure that they come up with you guys. So that's really cool. I know that you've uh, had mentor mentees that you have helped along the way as well. Right. Yeah, that's kind of a kind of something I got into after. Uh, I, I Well, I, after my, I became an attorney and started, had been practicing for a little while, um, I was approached with an opportunity to be a mentor just to other lawyers, and I kind of started doing that as a way of thinking, hey, I'm, I'm going to generate new business this way and make business-type relationships. And what I found was is it developed some, it actually developed some good career-long relationships that uh, ultimately are people that I can reach out to when something or they can reach out to me when they need help with something like that and so it's just kind of continued on and evolved into now where I actually do some mentorships with college students and and um, things like that just helping them learn how to be good college students and get through school and that sort of thing. I think that's something that's neat and different. Um, so tell us a little bit more about Simmons and Fletcher and what you guys do there. Well, we're a personal injury law firm. Um, we handle a wide variety of personal injury cases that run from you know people who are injured in auto accidents to premises liability where you know there's a defective condition on property and someone's injured as a result. Uh, we assist people with things like mass torts. Um, a lot of times these are things that lawyers uh, don't handle all themselves, but they you know, we, we work with other full law firms, and so we may, you know, somebody calls us with a typical case that we may not handle that some other lawyer is prosecuting, and we may co-work it with that attorney or 
uh, help them or help the person find somebody who does help it. Um, so in addition to handling the cases ourselves, uh, work injuries and things like that, we also help people find lawyers that can help them with other things that we may not do here in Houston. And you guys are um, of a good size, I would say, when it comes to uh, the amount of employees that you guys have, the amount of activity that you do. Um, so I, I wonder, how does technology help the business when it comes to managing all of that all at once? Well, there's there's a lot of technology involved nowadays in a modern uh, personal injury practice because we do a lot of marketing and advertising. Um, we get not only stuff that we're looking for, but stuff that we're not, and we have to have a way to help those kind of cases get to where they need to go. But um, we have about between 30 and 35 employees generally is, is uh, the size of our operation. Um, you know, we're in a we're in the, the COVID era now where everyone has to be kind of able to work remotely uh, in addition to working in an office setting. Um, and so that has a whole new aspect of it. But in order to manage the, the number of people that we've got, you have to have software that can help you manage cases coming in on intake, that can help you manage the cases as they go through the firm, that can help you deal with the accounting side of it. Uh, that can help you track the cases that are sent out to other places. Um, and then you, know, you just have to have your general legal research type technology, your conferencing technology, your ability to remote, your, I guess, remote working technology. Um, so from a technology standpoint, I think uh, we're kind of immersed in all of it now. It's kind of what I feel like. <laughs> For sure. Um, so you <clears throat> touched on some of the core functions that um you have had to implement technology in place. And so I want to kind of take a step back and talk about what you had in place before and what that experience was like, how it changed your perspective once you added the technology um, and how that kind of made the firm a little better. Okay. Well, um, of course, when we first started, we were still using the abacus, <laughs> but uh, that's what it felt like when I first started here. We, uh, we, the firm was using some very old technology that was a, it was a piece of software that was developed for plaintiffs, lawyers, uh, but it wasn't very implement, implemented very well. And you had a bunch of people who had kind of tried to do their own thing with it. As a result, it didn't function as a database would normally function or a case management system would function. Um, and so that was in play and a lot of people were just opting not to use it all together. They were using, you know, Word documents and, and just various uh, Microsoft type technology you know, programming and uh, to handle their own stuff. And, and so you had people storing data on their own device and uh, or not client stuff, but they would have their forms on their own computers and, and they weren't sharing with other people. And so it made a lot of the labor process very cumbersome and redundant because everyone had kind of their you know, instead of everyone sharing forms and sharing things like that to generate documents they were doing it manually from the start so we kind of had that process in play when i first started here and for the longest time it was just, it just kind of stayed the same and then we finally got to a point where that technology was kind of going away uh, the company that had developed it uh, where it was a group of lawyers and they were all retiring and we're not planning on continuing that company because it was not 
something that was cloud-based and really the future was kind of going to the cloud-based software. So they kind of stepped back and said, we're just going to shut it down. <clears throat> and when they did, I then got the challenge of going out and trying to evaluate and find uh, new software, uh, which was really eye-opening because I got to see what all was out there now that was so drastically different and so much more involved than what we've got. And um, what I was able to do was ultimately get us into a new type system, new type software. And it was amazing how much our productivity increased and how our labor costs were reduced once we actually upgraded and stepped into the modern century, so to speak. <laughs> so the, the plaintiff guys really... <clears throat> did a favor for you. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, it was, it was a, it was kind of one of those just, we were evaluating the idea of going somewhere else or changing or looking into new technology because we'd heard good things about other stuff. And at about the same time, we thought, Hey, let's check with our own company and see if they've got any new updates or can tell us anything new. And, and <laughs> their new update was goodbye. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was just, it was the right timing, the right moment. We started looking at the option and, said okay well good thing we started now because we've got one year to switch so and that must have been a whirlwind within itself um so now that you have done that once have you taken that model or um has that changed your point of view when it comes to evaluating uh, processes and technology that will enable your business Can you repeat that question uh, so basically, because of the, this experience that you went through with um, changing the software itself, has that changed how you evaluate um, processes and how you can use technology to enable your business? It has definitely changed. Um, I guess I would say opened our eyes more than anything. It was a awakening to us that there were just better ways to do things out there, more efficient ways to do things. Um, and as a result, we now take a look at uh, pretty regularly go back and take a look at how we're doing things. And we look at it and go, is there, a, is there a more efficient way to do this? Is there a piece of software out there that'll solve some of these issues for us? Um, and, and is it really necessary that we've got as much labor cost going into it or time going into it uh, as we do? So uh, from that aspect, I would say, yeah, definitely. It's, it's caused us to reevaluate everything we do on a more regular basis. Which is, is where we love businesses to be. And I think that just the mindset alone, the, the realization that there's something out there or they may, there may be something out there that can help to streamline something, to put a process in place as opposed to doing it manually that can reduce labor or... Um, at the very least, help with morale, and morale within itself is something that uh, you don't realize, but it's costly. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I think that um, you can tell when your employees are, I guess, happy with the system they work they're working with um, the thing that we saw i guess that was the most different is when you had these older systems that were constantly breaking down or or you know the server was going down because you had an old computer system or you had old uh hardware and therefore it was taking forever for things to load up and things to run 
it was a lot easier for people to stop what they were doing and just go, oh, well, we're done for the day because the server's got to be worked on or this and that. And as a result, it, it just people didn't you had to kind of keep more of an eye on people to make sure they're doing their job or they were finding something else to fill their time that was still work related and not not work related. And um, and, and you know, that was a problem that we had for years and, and kind of were able to upgrade our technology a while back. And that uh, made a drastic change in that kind of issue. Yeah, that's something that we tell people all the time. You don't realize that um, there's minutes, minutes involved uh, and or seconds, depending on what the level of activity is. But if you are, you know, waiting for 10 seconds for something to load because the technology hasn't or you haven't upgraded it, to be frank, then those 10 seconds for that one employee every hour adds up across your entire um, entire your entire workforce. Sorry. Um, which then, you know, you add that by the year and you start to see the effects of not having the right technology in place. Right. And there's also the issue of if you've got, um, you know, unrelated issues like weather problems or things that prevent you from coming into the office to access your technology uh, and you don't have remote access or remote abilities, uh, then you wind up a lot of times with things like having these uh, paid days off for the entire firm because there's a hurricane that's coming through and nobody wants to run the risk of having employees stuck at the office. Those days now are work from home days because we have the technology that enables us to just, you know, hop on, work through the cloud, uh, access the files we need to access and access other employees and or clients if we need to, either through video conferencing or remote um, telephone conferencing. See, and you bring up a good point because um, now that COVID has you know, impacted the world and changed the world as we know it, how did that affect your guys' processes and systems um, when it first happened and or have there been major changes um, with how you were set up before COVID and how you guys are set up now? Yeah, we've, um, you know, for years, we've talked about going to the ability to have things like remote conferencing for um, the ability to talk with clients, talk with each other. And we've had, I guess, our toe dipped in some of it through things like Microsoft Teams and stuff like that. But it's never been really implemented firm wide in the past. It's always been, it was always something that was kind of viewed more as a bell and whistle that would be nice to have and not something that was a, a necessity. So when COVID comes along and we start seeing around the country, other side, other and start, you had a cities one by one going, okay, this county's shut down or this city's shut down or everyone's working from home or, you know, when those orders started coming out, luckily Houston wasn't the first. So we had a little bit of a time to look and go, this is coming, it's hitting Dallas, it's hitting other cities, it's going to hit Houston eventually, um, we got to take some action. And at that point, what what was thought of as a bell and whistle suddenly became an absolute necessity. Um, and that's when, of course, we contacted you guys, our IT department, and said, hey, we need help with this, how do we solve this? Um, and uh, it was kind of amazing as the whole jump to action 
how fast it occurred because we went from having, you know, your normal telephones with receivers to having a system uh, of software, which I think is the Avaya system that we're using that, that um, basically enables you to turn any computer into a telephone uh, as well as a messaging board. So you can communicate with other employees, you can communicate with clients, you can take new client calls, you can transfer them from one main line uh, switchboard to any of the 35 employees, no matter where they're located, whether it's at home or the office. Um, and so that kind of was a huge, I, I would say that was a huge jump for us because it turned us into the, um, you know, the ability to anyone can work from anywhere. Uh, of course, we had to update some people's computers and update some laptops and software and get some people the right equipment. We also had to, um, as a group, decide which video software we were going to use uh, for video conferencing. We all had to make sure everyone had that downloaded. We had to make sure everyone had a webcam-ready computer and microphone and everything else they needed to do it. Um, but miraculously, in a matter of a couple of days, we went from being having none of that uh, to, and I should say none, maybe two of the people in the 35-member firm had those abilities. And we went, uh, as far as the video goes, we had none of the communication abilities. And then we went to suddenly, in a matter of about two days, all of us having it and everyone kind of getting on board and learning it. Um, so it made you realize you know, the importance of, A, you've got to have the IT department in place that can help you with that stuff when the problems arise, but you also got to have the right people on staff because, uh, you know, trying to take an entire team and completely uproot them from what their norm is and give them a whole different system. Uh, if you don't have the right people in place, it's like herding cats. And, uh, and so <laughs> we, were, we were very fortunate that we've spent several years building the right teams, analyzing who are the right players? Who are the people we want to keep on you know, on our teams? Who are the people we don't want to keep on our teams? And we've kind of whittled it down to where we have a really, really good staff now. And uh, as a result, it really kind of paid off between that and the IT department. So. Well, I definitely appreciate um, that that shout out uh, to my firm. <laughs> uh, but, you know, quite honestly, I feel like um, just just like having the right staff on your team, it, the IT department should be the exact same or should be viewed the exact same. You've got to have the right IT partner. And I stress that not because we work together or anything like that, but for others out there that are evaluating their IT uh, department or partner, who, however you work with them, that's it. they should be evaluated just like your employees. Or your staff. Right. right. And, uh, you know, years ago, before we had you guys doing our IT, we had, uh, you know, an in-house IT person like a lot of people do. And I can tell you without a doubt, well, I say in-house, he was actually a contract IT person who acted kind of like an in-house, but was a one-man operation. And I can tell you without a doubt, there's no way he'd have gotten us switched over like that. I just, he didn't have the ability the the resources the team you know the members the ability one man wasn't going to switch 35 people into that kind of operation so yeah, uh, yeah. one of the past episodes we talked about uh, in-house IT versus um, an IT department or out outsourced IT department but that's another subject <laughs> we won't go there <laughs> um, 
What are some lessons that you have learned over the last few years when it comes to implementing uh, new technologies to fit or to work around the processes and systems that you guys have built? Well, obviously, we learned the hard lesson of sooner is better than later because <laughs> <laughs> we we wished we hadn't been rushing to do it. But you know what? Um, obviously, having the key players in there to do it is important. Uh, but taking a deep step back uh, and going back to when we implemented our new case management software and things like that, I learned a lot from two things. Number one, studying the software before we made a change and determining what all abilities are out there. Cause there's so many different people competing for your business now when it comes to intake. Uh, and, and our intake is a big department. You're talking about hundreds of you know, phone calls a month of potential new clients it can be four to 500 potential new phone calls uh, having to be fielded. They're coming from all sorts of sources. We're trying to track the sources they're coming from. So we know where, our marketing's working where it's not. Some of them are being referred out to other people. We're trying to make sure they get to where they're going. It's a big tracking program. And then you've got management of all those files in-house. Um, at any given moment, you might have 1,000 to 1,200, who knows, files in-house. Uh, and you've got to be able to manage them. You've got to be able to track statutes of limitations. You've got to be able to keep track of all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of companies out there that offer different types of software that that uh, you know, do everything in a different way. And I, I actually spent about three days doing nothing but studying all those different companies at a conference before we even decided where we were gonna switch to. Um, and just literally going around asking, what can you do? Right? And then taking it to the next guy, they can do this, what do you do? You know, and uh, <laughs> how do you handle this problem? How do you handle that problem? And making them basically tell me how they dealt with each other's problems and every time I'd come up with a new one I'd go back to the old guys and by doing that I kind of narrowed it down to who had what abilities and who didn't uh, I think that was a huge you know so looking and making sure you're getting the right thing is is big but the other thing that uh, Wait, I found, against each other. right right yeah. right comparison <laughs> shopping I guess you'd say uh, but uh, the other thing that um, that I found was really big was when it gets time to implement new software everyone reacts to that differently there's going to be a large group of people that are kind of they like the norm they don't like change uh, and you have to find ways to get people on board with the change uh, one of the things that I find is helpful is you identify advantages that are going to come from the new software and who it's going to benefit the most. And then you bring that person in and you sit them down, you show them how it works, what's going to happen, and you get them on board so that when they go back to their department, they hype up, hey, this is what is going to benefit us. Yeah, there's going to be these other things over here that are kind of painful in the change process. But once it happens, here's how much easier our job's going to be. And you've got to get one person from every department kind of involved in it to that degree because they then become kind of the salesperson. And it's not necessarily always the leader of that department. Sometimes you find out the leader is the most resistant to change and you've got to work around them, you know. Um, you've got to get allies in each department. Right. And that's part of how you build the right staff, too, is you find out who are the people that are receptive to making changes that will ultimately improve the company and who are not because – Ultimately, people who are not receptive to making those kind of changes are like, act like anchors in your company. You know? oh, that's a good point. That's a very good point. I think that's uh, something that for sure happens in all sorts of different ways in all sorts of different places, 
especially when it comes to technology, we see that quite often where the change is painful. And a lot of the times I have to tell uh, clients or, or potential clients, when it comes to evaluating something new, you have to figure out whether the pain that you are currently experiencing is greater than the the pain of change because otherwise it's going to be harder to make those moves or to sell those moves to your employees. Right. So those are some great lessons um, to, to learn throughout this process. Um, any lessons when it comes to actually implementing the um, technology into your processes or systems. Did you did you utilize the technology as a pathway to create the processes and systems, or did you choose it based off of the processes and systems that you already had in place? Well, to a certain degree, uh, there's there's kind of both. Um, the reality is, is there's certain things that you, certain pieces of ha information you have to have available at your fingertips, and you have to have a way to get there. Um, but the main thing with the technology is we were looking for better ways of getting to the information without without the the cumbersome aspects of the existing processes we have. So it's kind of interesting with case management software because you get in there and they're like. Some of them will come in and they'll say, here's how we do this. We have this out of the can. We operate exactly like this. And then others are much more flexible. Um, they'll spend a lot of time developing a process that gets you where you need to be. And some of it may mimic what you're already doing. Others of it may show you a better way to get there. Uh, but it's more custom tailored to you. You're going to spend more money on that back end of having it more custom tailored to you. But you're probably going to save more money in the long run. Uh, with that type of design, then you're going to get out of something that's canned that you know is trying to apply to everyone and their dogs. <clears throat> so, would you say that that um, is an attribute or or something that would say this has been successful to you? Do you use that as a metric for success? How much money you've saved in in a sense because of the technology that was put in place or um, you know, how do you measure that? Well, yeah, I, I mean, there's a couple of ways you can kind of measure that. Uh, I can, um, for, I guess one example of that would be our intake department. We implemented tracking software. Well, and tracking software is not really a fair way to describe it. It's just one aspect of what it does. But it basically is software that when the calls or the leads come in, whether they're email, phone calls, whatnot, they get put into this system. Some of them come in automatically. Some of them are manually put in, but the intake information is placed in there. And if it's a lead that needs to be followed up on, it's got an automatic kind of tickler system to say, hey, you know, this 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 call came in three hours ago. No one's called, you know, this is whatever and, and, you know, whatever deadlines you want to set on it, it can automatically prompt your employees to do their job instead of letting it something sit and get forgotten until that person gets mad and calls someone else. Um, so it's got an automatic follow-up system. It's also got a system that enables you to follow up with other people who you've sent business to or referred business to. Did they did they do their job? Did they reach out to the client like they're supposed to? Because the, the one thing that's kind of funny is you, you, you know, client satisfaction is huge nowadays in this age where people can get on Google and leave reviews or do that sort of thing. And if you've got, you know, if you refer somebody to someone and they don't bother to follow up, 
that person's not leaving the bad review on the person that, that you refer them to. They're leaving the bad review on you. So you kind of want to follow up and make sure the people you send them to are doing what they're supposed to be doing. If they're not, help those clients get somewhere else. So this system enables you to do that. In addition, it enables you to put in forms, send out letters automatically that it auto-generates from the data that you've populated on the, on the in, intake information sheet um, so that you're not having to hand type three different letters that go out to the client. Sorry, I can't help you letter. And, you know, if we can help you in the future letter, that kind of stuff is automatically generated. Um, and then you also have the ability to create reports through that software that tell you how many calls came in, you know, what happened to them, that sort of thing. And these were calls that literally uh, before we had the software to do it, we had employees spending a total of 60 hours a week manually creating these types of reports by looking through paper call sheets. So when you put in this software, you have to look at it and go, wow, you know, there is a labor cost savings of 60 hours a week right there just by putting in this software. And so we went from five employees and in intake to three by implementing the right software. Wow. Which so automation is something that is something that people should look for. The ability to ha- to build in automation with their processes. That's what I'm hearing. Right. And that's, yeah. that's uh, that. one way to truly measure success for sure is how um, how many of those manual steps are you taking out of a process and utilizing automation for it? Uh, that's that can be life changing for sure. <laughs> right, right. And it's that, and that's so that's one metric. The other metric to, that you have is once you like with our case management software, you look more at okay, how much time is being saved for our our case managers who are working files and the lawyers that oversee them. And what you can see is that when you get into this automation process of creating documents through pressing a button and it's auto filled in from, you know, a form's auto filled in instead of you having to manually type everything, is that people are able to get their job done much more efficiently. Uh, They're able to auto generate those form letters that go out in every single case at the beginning instead of sitting there typing them over and over and again doing mundane work. That stuff's getting auto generated. They're able to handle more files in a shorter period of time. And ultimately, that's caused the profit to increase significantly with dealing with that particular aspect of the firm. And that's what you should look for, ultimately speaking. I mean, that's what technology should be in place for, is to help you not just uh, be more profitable, but then to be able to, to take on more business, so to help you grow and scale. Correct, correct. And we saw about a 50% growth in there when we automated a lot of their processes, which is huge. Yeah. Um, So what, um, what would you tell someone that is just now looking to transition from I would say manual, (laughs) manual (laughs) systems and processes. Uh, They're in the dark age right now. Where do they start um, in their pursuit of joining the 20, what, first century? What what century are we in? (laughs) (laughs) COVID century? (laughs) That's what it feels like. (laughs) Well, it's, uh, um, I think... With with COVID and all, people are finding more time to do some of this stuff. But uh, 
I would say if you are just beginning this kind of process, um, then no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, they, you're recognized that if you don't make a change, you're going to get left behind, hopefully, because that's the reality of it is, 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 you know, everyone's getting more and more efficient. Your competition's getting more efficient. If you're not matching them, you're going to eventually get left behind because you're not going to be able to handle the volume they're handling. You're not going to be able to handle the, you know, the caseloads and they're eventually going to suck away everything that, that, you know, would be your business line. And, um, cause they're just going to be more efficient. So at the end of the day, if you're starting this process, I would say your first step is educate yourself on what's out there. Um, and the biggest mistake I think people make is they go to one person and say, tell me about your product. And that person's job is to sell one product. Um, and that person's going to do a great job of telling you why their product will take you from where you are to, you know, however much further down the road than where you are now. The problem is, is that may only be halfway to the distance that someone else can take you. You, you, you don't want to stop with looking at one product. You want to get a broad overview of everything that is out there. If you can go to you know, a technology conference where you learn about lots at the same time, do some online research, and there's tons of websites now that'll get on and say, here's the best case management software. The top 10 softwares are to these, and here's why, which is kind of what I did. I educated myself on reading about them a little bit, and then I kind of created a checklist and, uh, and said, okay, I'm going to go talk to all these different people and see, here's a checklist I've created from looking at the top 10 but not all of them say they do all these handle all these issues. Let's go ask them, how, you know, how do you handle these issues? And, and I was able to go through and say, okay, here's what all the things are. And then I was kind of had to sit down and say, now, what are these things do I really need? What of these are bells and whistles still to me and which ones are really things that functions that I need in order for us to be profitable here and now and, and into the future. Um, and, you know, what are going to replace the cumbersome processes that I just can't afford to keep, you know, letting drag down the firm. And so when you come up with that list of must haves and then you kind of narrow it down, then you can kind of look at, well, of the ones that are left, which ones have the bells and whistles that I like or, or better features? What's the cost factor? Once you weigh into whatever is going to fit you the best, that's how you get to the point of really sitting down and wanting to get demos and show me what you do I mean, you know pick your top three and have them come in and do demos which is what we did and then we started having them do demos for employees that we thought were going to be a kind of our key people that would help promote one or the other and once we kind of had that we then got feedback from the various departments and and got a good idea of what was going to be the best product and that's how we settled on the right one that's awesome um, some things i would throw in there is um you know talking to your it partner also just to ensure that you have the proper infrastructure to support whatever <laughs> uh you choose uh, whether that be the machines whether it be your network your internet um you know the bandwidth within your internet and that kind of thing that way you know, you don't get to the point of choosing something and figure out, oh, crap, our machines don't run it as efficiently as as it should or our network is behind um, that kind of thing, because that would just then set everything back. Right. So and, I, and you bring up a really good point because, you know, we're in an office building. The office building is is an older office building that's been here a long time. It had you know, certain wiring and certain structures. And then we had computers that, you know, 
some of them might have predated the office building. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, typically we're, we were a typical law firm. We didn't want to spend the money for equipment if we had equipment already. And you, you had to convince the people who didn't use the equipment that you needed new equipment if you got anything new. So we were slow to upgrade at times. And the reality was, is to come in and, and run modern technology, we had to have modern equipment. We had to have modern wiring. And it we had to do some checking of the building. Does the building have the capability to run the wires we need to, to run this service to where we need it? Is, uh, you know, can we get the right Wi-Fi services here and there? And, and, and it, so you definitely have to go in and check that stuff to make sure you've got what you need to run the software. But I would also say that if you don't, then you need to look at how you're going to get it changed out so that you do, because it's not a, oh, well, we don't have the right equipment, so therefore we're not going to upgrade. That's that's not the way to look at that problem, because at the end of the day, if you don't have the technology to be as efficient as the next guy, you're not going to be in business that long. So That is hard. Right and it, the, I think the best part about this conversation is that it doesn't just apply to law firms or to, to lawyers. It applies to any uh, professional industry where, you know, nowadays you need software to gain a competitive edge or to at least meet your competition. So I think uh, these are great lessons for not just law firms, but, you know, CPA firms and other professional practices as well. Right. With the, with particularly with the the issues regarding uh, employees and, you know, if you if you got a, a large group of employees and you can run the, the same job with technology and half as many employees, over the long run, you're going to save a lot of money. If you've got, you know, employees that are just incurring a ton of overtime because, you, you know, you, they're, they have inefficient processes, you know, it's a lot cheaper. You know, you really have to factor in that overtime cost that you're paying now and those extra employee costs that you're paying now and compare that to the technology that you're going to be buying because it's it's really big and scary when you look at it and go, oh, it's going to cost us $20,000 to upgrade all the equipment and it's going to cost us another $20,000 for all this technology. But $40,000 at the end of the day is, you know, one or two people's salaries. And if if it's going to reduce the number of overtime, that you're going to make that back in a heartbeat. If it's going to reduce the, the number of employees you need, you're going to make that back really quick. And so you just kind of have to learn how to really value these things. Yeah, and not just make that back really quick, but then also the um, the fact that that now becomes an investment for the future. So then you're going to start to produce even more. So it's definitely going to have a return on the investment. True. Well, thank you so much, Paul, for joining me today. I think this has been extremely insightful. Um, like I was saying, not just for law firms and, and and lawyers, but also for other types of businesses. And that's one of the reasons why um, I wanted to have you on was because I knew that your experience would help others that are going through something similar, either starting the process or in the middle of it. And you guys have done such a great job with looking at technology in a way that uh, I feel like everybody should. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, because um, ultimately speaking, technology, I and this is something that I say with across the show, is technology usually isn't thought of until it breaks. 
And it shouldn't <laughs> be like that. Um, it should be at the forefront because it is going to be a return on your investment. It is going to be the the essentially the battery that powers your systems and processes. So right. I'm, I'm glad that you guys are are um, have discovered that and that you live by that now. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, well it's, it's definitely been a, you know, it's been a learning process for us. It's definitely been, um, you know, moving to an IT department that does more than just fix the computer when it's broken. It's made a big difference. Um, you know, part of having a, a good IT department is having the team that comes in and evaluates and says, hey, how are you doing this? And have you considered this other way of doing it, too? Because technology, you know, it, it goes all the way down to what runs your printers and what runs your copiers and everything else. Uh, you know, and if, if there's a faster, more efficient way to do it, um, you know, then you need to be looking at that because the reality is, is what they say computer becomes obsolete about every six months. It seems like there's a new one, a new version coming out. And then suddenly yours is like not running on the internet well anymore. It's like, well, everything else is that way too. They're coming out with a faster version, a better version, a smaller chip that does more. And, uh, at the end of the day, if somebody's not paying attention to what's coming out, you're getting left behind. Yeah, very true for sure. So again, thank you for um, joining me today. And before we leave everybody, if you will um, just tell us how we can get a hold of you. Um, if anybody has questions or they need a, a personal injury lawyer, how do they get a hold of you? <laughs> well, um, of course, uh, I, I'm one of the attorneys at Simmons and Fletcher. We've been doing business in the Houston area since 1979. Uh, you can get a hold of us by uh, calling us at 713-932-0777 or visiting us at our offices, which is located in the Frost Bank building next to Memorial City Mall at 9821 KD Freeway, number 925, and that's Houston 77024. You can also find me on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and and as well as our firm sites on Facebook, Twitter, and the various social media aspects, too. Awesome. And LinkedIn, right? Correct. Correct. Okay, awesome. And I will have all of that posted um, in the description of this podcast for everyone to have, just in case um, you didn't catch all that. But um, if you're looking for personal injury uh, law firm, Simmons and Fletcher is the one to go to. So Thank thanks, you. Paul. Thank you. Thank you for spending this time with me and my guest. I hope you were able to get some juicy, helpful tips or some nuggets that got you thinking. If you want to connect in between episodes, visit my website, nancysabino.com. Follow me at Nancy Sabino S-E-T on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and of course, Nancy Sabino on LinkedIn. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. See you next time.